Please sit comfortably. So good evening everyone. I want to say a few words tonight to um, address the circumstances that we still find, a lot of us still find ourselves in, which is the, the COVID lockdown, which I guess is impacting mostly on people in, um, in Sydney and Melbourne, but New South Wales, Victoria mainly, and other places as well. And uh, I think it's a difficult time for many people and I've been reflecting on how we bring Zen practice to, the, to these circumstances. And as a, as a general kind of um, perspective with Zen practice, um, the question is always, how can we use the circumstances of our life rather than being used by them? And uh, everything is an opportunity for practice um, and insight. And one of the things I think that COVID gives us the opportunity to um, examine more closely in ourselves is how we may, even at very subtle levels, um, hang on to certainty. And I think that we live in a time of, of, of great uncertainty. We don't know when the lockdown is going to lift. We don't know when it's going to come in again. Um, we don't know whether vaccinations are going to work. Um, it's a whole lot of uncertainty. And in the background of all of that, as, as though we, uh, we, we didn't know already, but climate scientists are tell us, telling us that the future looks perhaps even more bleak than what we thought it was. Um, and so there's all the uncertainty in the background that's happening there as well, um, as well as what's currently happening. So lots of uncertainty, um, and it can be either unsettling or we can embrace it. Now, if you're living in a, in a Zen temple um, and you're a Zen monk, what you would be going into is a practice where you're practicing to let go into the ephemeral transient nature of life, mm -hmm. letting the self go into that and not be separate from it. And so uh, all of the practice of meditation and the Dharma teachings and so on is encouraging you to dissolve the self and let go of the self into this great unknown into the uncertainty, into the not knowing, the not clinging. Um, because Dharma teachings teach us that there's no certainty anywhere to cling to. Mm -hmm. And uh, it also, so there's that kind of empty existential experience of being in a Zen temple. And at the same time, Zen temples give you a very solid form to work within. So you have a schedule and you do everyday tasks of cleaning and sweeping and cooking right, and meditation. And as a routine, you follow a structure. And all of that helps to ground a Zen monk in this challenging practice they're doing to, to uh, surrender into the great unknown, really. So they have two feet on the ground while they're doing this. And we can use that as a kind of um, uh, 
form or an example of how we can embrace um, a COVID lockdown. And not all of us, um, but some of us have more time on our hands to actually um, uh, be involved in these every, everyday kind of practices that you would normally have um, in a temple. Now, one of the things that came to mind in terms of working with uncertainty or embracing uncertainty, it reminded me of one of the books which I first read in my 20s, which was a, one of those books you read, but for me it was a transforming moment, a turning point moment, which turned me towards Zen practice. And that was a book by Alan Watts that I've mentioned sometime before called The Wisdom of Insecurity. And the subtitle was A Message for an Age of Anxiety. So it's very apt. This book, which was written in the 1970s, is very, very apt um, for our times now. And I've taken a few quotes from it um, to share with you to give an idea of, um, of uh, Alan Watts's style of writing and his message. And one is, if to enjoy even an enjoyable present, we must have an assurance of a happy future, we are crying for the moon. We have no such assurance. The best predictions are still matters of probability rather than certainty. And to the best of our knowledge, every one of us is going to suffer and die. If then, we cannot live happily without an assured future. We're certainly not adapted to living in a finite world where despite our best plans, accidents will happen and where death comes at the end. And someone commenting on Alan Watts' work says, Watts argues that our primary mode of relinquishing presence is by leaving the body and retreating to the mind that ever-calculating, self-evaluating, seething cauldron of thoughts, predictions, anxieties, judgments, and incessant meta-experiences about experience itself. Writing more than half a century before our age of computers, touchscreens, and the quantified self. And I read somewhere the other day in an article about neuroscience that what the brain is and what the brain is attempting to become all the time is um, uh, a, a future predict predicting machine. A future predicting machine. It's like we want to know what the future is going to bring all the time. And like he says, the best, the best we can get is maybe a possibility or a probability. But that's not absolute certainty. But we do live our lives grasping for certainty. Some people grasp it in um, intellectual knowledge and understanding. Some people grasp for it in about certainty in relationships and the behaviour of other people. Some people try to find certainty in material things and building wealth and so on. Um, they're all castles in the air because the nature of life is it's transient and we simply don't know what the, the next moment will bring as the, the sutras tell us. <clears throat> Another quote from Alan Watts. There is a contradiction in wanting to be perfectly secure 
in a universe whose very nature is momentariness and fluidity. But the contradiction lies a little deeper than the mere conflict between the desire for security and the fact of change. If I want to be secure, that is, protected from the flux of life, I'm wanting to be separate from life. Yet it is this very sense of separateness which makes me feel insecure. To be secure means to isolate and fortify the I, but it's just the feeling of being an isolated I which makes me feel lonely and afraid. In other words, the more security I can get and the more I shall want. And he, he finishes up with a very funny, I find it very common, a very funny conclusion here. To put it still more plainly, the desire for security and the feeling of insecurity are the same thing. To hold your breath is to lose your breath. A society based on the quest for security is nothing but a breath retention contest in which everyone is as taut as a drum and as purple as a beat. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we all, we're all holding onto something. This is an opportunity to see more clearly what it is so that we can let go of it. When we let go of it, we let go of the separate self and we embrace the joy of uncertainty. So as we go through this challenging time, <clears throat> the Zen teaching is, one, embrace the uncertainty but at the same time, it's important to create in our home environments um, a structure and a routine in place. There's nothing, there's nothing like the simple joy that comes from having task completion. You have a task and you complete the task. And it might be washing up the dishes or it might be making a meal or it might be making bread or it might be gardening or vacuuming the house. But they're simple little tasks and you put your attention into them and you complete it and then you move on to the next task and the next task. And that's the best way of staying really grounded through this experience. And what happens when people have got a lot of time on their hands, they, they lose themselves in, um, well, these days, surfing the internet, you know, um, just going from randomly from one task to the other without actually completing it. Taking up a book here, the newspaper there, getting a cup of coffee, doing something else. And that's a very unsatisfying experience at the end of the day. So it's important this time, get routines going, like get a, get a structure going where you, you get up at a certain time, you have breakfast at a certain time, then you do certain activities during the day as well as breaks where you, where you do nothing but structure the day just like you would in a Zen temple or on a ship for that matter too. Ships at sea, you know, where all you can see is the horizon, they have definite structures where they ring the bells every half hour, you know, and every hour, and they have shifts, you know, where you go through and rituals you go through. All those things keep people grounded. And so it's important that we we get those going. Um, And the difference is between a sense of satisfaction as we go through each day and a sense of completion mm-hmm. or a sense of being scattered and fragmented. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, they're the choices that we can make to make our life more like 
um, how we can use this time rather than be used by it to live something a little more similar to the life of a monastery.